Tonight I want to look at one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story. And while it's found in Luke 2, um, it's slightly removed from the rest of the story. There's no angels present, there's no bright light seen, there's no animals talked about. It's just a man who sees his faith become sight. And uh, I line up with Annie. That Probably my favorite part, one of, well, I can't say my favorite, but one of my favorite parts is the story of Simeon and the song that he sings um, as he sees a fulfillment of a promise before his very eyes that allows him to say, your servant can depart in peace because I've seen your salvation. And it's just such a powerful testimony of a man uh, who was willing to wait on the Lord to be faithful um, in a time where it was probably very difficult to be faithful. They'd been waiting for the fulfillment of this promise for years. And even when Christ came, how many people didn't believe that Christ was who he claimed to be? Most of the people. And yet Simeon is seen in faithfulness, uh, and he recognizes who it is um, when, when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the, into the temple, and it's a, quite an exciting story. And so tonight, that's what we're going to look at. So let's read Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25, we'll read down through verse 35, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Starting in verse number 25, the Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation or comfort of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold. This child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray. God, certainly we're, we're grateful to gather tonight and look back on the most incredible story that God could become flesh and dwell among us. And certainly as we, we look at this, God, there, there are still so many mysteries surrounding the incarnation that our human minds cannot understand. But what we do understand is this, that because Christ became flesh, because as we saw this morning, he gave his life as a ransom for many, we have hope beyond this world. God, I pray that our hearts would rejoice in that today. I pray as we look into this testimony of a faithful man who waited to see the promise fulfilled, God, that we in the very same way would wait until we see the promise fulfilled. God, we thank you that, that you keep your promises. And we thank you for the ultimate promise, which is salvation by faith alone in Christ alone. God, this evening, I pray that our hearts would be stirred as we think through the Christmas story, as we think about God becoming flesh, as we think about Jesus becoming a man. I pray
pray that we would understand the implications that this has for us as we think about our eternal salvation. Pray that you be with us as we talk through this tonight. In Christ's name we pray, amen. As we read uh, this text, it certainly has a, a whimsical feel about it, doesn't it? As you think about this scene taking place in the temple, uh, we don't know how old Simeon was. Um, could have been a young man, he could have been an old man. The text doesn't really say But what we do know is this, he was a faithful man. Regardless of his age, he was a faithful man. And some say, well, he must have been an old man because he said he he could now depart in peace because he had seen the Lord's salvation. But the reality is that any time our eyes are open to the Lord's salvation, we're able to depart in peace. Any time we fully recognize the truth of who Jesus is, that he is the Savior of the world, from that point forward, we're ready to depart from this world and go to the next world. And so maybe he was 20, maybe he was 150, who knows? But we know he was a faithful man who diligently served the Lord. Um, and as I have read this, this text several times this week, um, it has captured my heart again in a new way just to hear the words that he spoke. And I think if Christ was a full-grown man at this point, uh, he would have said what he said to Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Simeon, but your Father which is in heaven. God is the one who's made you aware that this is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And as Simeon saw these things with his own eyes, there was a joy that, that overflowed in him that probably caused him to say, all the waiting was worth it. Every trip to the temple, every child that I looked at from afar wondering if this was the one, Every mom that I saw pregnant thinking, man, this could be the Savior. Every every glimmer of hope, it was all worth it because in that moment when he saw Christ, he spoke words that went even beyond his understanding, that he has seen the salvation of the Lord, who was a light to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. And as he spoke prophetic words about Christ, we understand that they were hard words that he spoke. Nevertheless, they, they even helped prepare Mary for what she would face down the road though she didn't understand it at the time. So I've titled our time together tonight, Christmas for Simeon. And though this takes place eight days after Christ was born, um, sometimes delayed Christmas presents are the best Christmas presents, aren't they? When you wait with anticipation until that time that that thing is revealed, uh, it brings a different sort of joy. And that's what Simeon got to experience. Uh, I'm really only discussing this with you tonight because I think I'm going to preach this passage next Sunday. So I'm hoping you guys have a lot of good insight and I can just write my sermon here tonight, kill two birds with one stone and call it good. Um, But I I do think that's where we're going next Sunday just because the the passage has captured my heart uh, in such a way. Uh, But I pray tonight as we look through these verses, uh, and we're, we're going to draw out four things about Simeon's Christmas experience that hopefully will be a help to us as we seek to live a faithful life like he lived. The first one is in verses 25 and 26, is that Simeon was standing on a promise. He was standing on a promise. In verses 25 and 26, it says this, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. As you hear those verses, what comes into your mind? As you see a description of of Simeon, what comes into your mind? As you see what Simeon was waiting for, what comes into your mind as we think through Simeon's Christmas 
um, on this first Christmas so many years ago. Told you, you guys are writing my sermon, so you better come up with good stuff. Patsy. Yeah. We have the coming of Christ yeah. to look forward to in a different setting. Yeah, no, I like that. He, was, he wasn't just focused on the now, right? As we saw the disciples this morning, very focused on what was in front of them, very focused on what they wanted. And Simeon was saying, there's something greater coming, and that's what I'm giving myself to. And that's what each of us are called to as believers. We're, we're giving ourselves to, to what is coming down the line, not just for what we can get in this moment. Anybody else? Dave. I think it's the same thing, like the anticipation, mm. right? That's really what, what comes to mind there. Yeah, for sure. Somebody else? Yeah, Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah. As we get through this, this story, um, the peace that he experienced when he saw Mary and Joseph walk through the temple... It gave him a joy like nothing else could have given him, right? He could have said at some point in his life, I've waited and I've waited and it's not coming true. I'm going to go do something else with my life, something that's more profitable. But think how hopeless he would have been if, if he had moved on from that word that God had given him. Josh? I think partially it might be a little bit different. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, that's a, a great parallel to even what we experience in our world today, right? How many of us would, would go tell people we work with that we know the Savior? What is their response to us likely going to be? Okay, like, good for you. Uh, your Savior's not my Savior, right? I'm looking to other things. And so for Simeon to express that very well could have brought um, some sort of trial into his life, physical uh, familial, you know, a, a lot of different things could have taken place as uh, people rejected him for what he said he saw. And, and it's kind of like the prophets, right? As they said they had a word from the Lord, how many times were they rejected? Many times. And so for Simeon to say, God's revealed to me that I'm going to see, I'm not going to die until I see the Lord's Christ. What's the rest of the world thinking? Well, what's so special about you, Simeon, right? Same thing with Mary, same thing with Joseph, same thing with the shepherds. Uh, God, God chose a lot of ordinary people to proclaim his truth through. And what do we know about Simeon? Only what we see in Luke chapter 2. We don't know that he held a special office. We don't know uh, any of his family background. We know he's named after a tribe of Israel, but that was a pretty common name then, I'm sure. But other than that, he's a normal guy doing a normal thing, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost reveals to him in some way, you won't die until you see the Lord's Christ. And he chose to stand on that promise and believe with, with surety that what the, the Spirit revealed to him would become a reality in his day. And that takes confidence. It takes boldness. Somebody else? Bruce. That faithfulness was, was prior to that, I believe, because the Holy Spirit doesn't speak now and didn't speak then to a lot of people in that direct fashion. I mean, that, that's a very special yeah. situation to have that. And 
You know, a lot of times we think of the Holy Spirit connected with the New Testament church. You know, the, the Holy Spirit was working in the lives of faithful men and women. Yep. And a few more verses yep. in the Old Testament as well. Absolutely. I mean, these are Old Testament right. times because yep. they're in the New Testament. It's just awesome to see the presence of the Holy Spirit to have him in our yep. lives. And, uh, you know, we get to share those great prophecies if we will just believe that. Right. Been reading Isaiah, Jeremiah. <laughs> been like, a lot in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure yep. Anybody else? Yes, Annie. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think he was an older man. I'm just saying the text doesn't reveal to us that he was. It doesn't say either way. But the, the point, I think, that we're given in God not giving us an age is that when you understand salvation, regardless of your age, you're ready to die. You're, you're ready to go from this life to the next because you have a confidence beyond this world, as Simeon had. So certainly I agree with that. Anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> yep. People age differently back then. Yeah. Um, well, I think... I think those are a lot of good things that we've pointed out, but if we just look to the text, there are some things that we are given about this man that are pretty incredible. Um, it says that he was just, it says that he was devout, it says that he was willing to wait, uh, it says that, that the Holy Spirit came upon him and revealed these things to him, and so I think that speaks a lot about his integrity. It's very much in the same vein as, as how the angel spoke to Mary. You know, Mary was nothing extraordinary, but she did live a purposeful life, right? She did live a, a separated life in some way that was dedicated to the Lord, and in that, we see God's plan, right? He had a plan for her to give birth to the Savior, and the same is true with Simeon. I think, you know, the, the foreknowledge and the, the eternal understanding of God is a hard thing for us to comprehend, um, but it's a real thing. And as God looked down through history, God chose these people in part because he chose them, but there was also a faithfulness there that he knew that they could be trusted, not because of who they were, but because of, of their view of who God was. And so as we think this, of this first point, uh, Simeon was simply a man who was standing on a promise. Uh, the Holy Spirit, as Bruce said, it, is, he was different in the Bible, in the Old Testament times than he is today. He didn't come and stay on people like he does today. We see that's a promise that Christ gives in the New Testament, that when I leave, my spirit will come. But we understand that there was a great working of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And uh, we see the spirit would come and go. And we can see that even in uh, people like David's life. And there was a point in Simeon's life. Again, we don't know how how old he was when this came. Was he a child when God said, Simeon, you will not see death until you see the Lord's Christ? Or was he a 50-year-old man? Or was, he, was this, this just a week before, right? Maybe he was dealing with an illness and thought he was going to die, and yet the Spirit said, Simeon, you won't die until you see the Lord's Christ. We don't know what the answer to that is, but however long it was between the promise given from the Spirit and the revelation of Christ, we understand that Simeon stayed faithful to stand on that promise, believing the Word of God. And Simeon's case is really no different than ours, because what are we standing on? A promise that has not been seen by us yet. A, a promise that God has given, not through his spirit in a, 
in the sense as he gave it to Simeon, but through his spirit and his word. We're standing on a promise that Christ will return. And it's not just our generation, but it's the generations that have gone before us that have stood on the very same promise. I mean, you read through Hebrews 11, and why does it say that they did what they did? Because they believed in a city whose, whose maker and foundations were built on God. That it, it was more than what can I receive in the now. It was, I'm, I'm living my life for something in the future. And that's how Simeon lived his life. And so as you think about Simeon, as you think about him probably understanding in some way the prophecies that were given in the Old Testament, that a, a Christ would come, a Messiah would come through a certain line, um, and you think about his willingness to stand on those promises in boldness until he saw Christ, what is that, how does that translate to us? How should we live our lives then um, based on Simeon's testimony? Somebody said something. He's coming back, He's coming back right? That's, that's the whole hope. Uh, of Christmas is that it's not just coming one time, but he's coming a second time. If you've ever been in a church that's gone through Advent, uh, Advent is really just the idea of the coming, that Christ came the first time and that he's coming again. And that's what Christmas is really pointing us to. And so as, as we think about the Christmas season, if we get stuck on a baby in a manger, then we've missed the point. Because it's not just about a baby in a manger. That's a huge part of the story. But if all he came was as a baby in a manger and never came again, then we would be dead in our trespasses and sins. We'd be hopeless in this life and in the life to come. Any thoughts on, on this idea of Simeon standing on a promise? Who else do we see in the Word of God that stood on promises? The list is long, right? There, the list is long of people who took God at his word, starting all the way in Genesis and going all the way to Revelation. They stood on the promises of God, and the world was different for it. Their lives were different for it. I love, again, what Hebrews says. The world wasn't worthy of them, right? Yet they chose to stand in faithfulness, believing the promise of God. Any thoughts? Verses 25 and 26. Just how blessed it is for us to have the Word of God. Yeah. That we can go back to those promises, visit them again and again. Yeah. testimony of God, but also the testimony of God in people like Simeon. Yeah. Maybe not anybody that somebody said Simeon, they wouldn't even recognize who is that. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, here's a, just an ordinary man. Yeah. And I think Mary was just an ordinary yep. man until the angels showed up. Yep. God has a way of changing things. Alright, the second thing then, since everyone's so quiet, is... Uh, we think about Simeon, he was standing on a promise. The second thing, he was following the Spirit. And certainly we, we talked about this some, but verse 27 really highlights this point. And it says this, And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Why was Simeon in the temple? Because the Spirit led him there. Um, how many times do you think Simeon visited the temple before this? A lot. Again, as, as we've talked, how many times do you think Simeon anticipated seeing a baby and wondering, is this the one? Is that the mother? Is this the child? Is that the father? And yet, 
when it was God's time, God made it abundantly clear that this is my son. This is the Lord's Christ. And we think Mary and Joseph came to the temple eight days after um, Jesus was born. What are the chances that Simeon would come to the temple on that day at that time and see them coming through that door? Well, that's a lot of coincidence that has to take place, right? But God's not a God of coincidence. He's a God who orchestrates his plan in a way that is undeniable. And, and for, for Simeon to be in the temple on this day, again, it wasn't his first time in the temple, but probably there was something in him that morning that said, I've got to go to the temple. And maybe his wife said, Simeon, you can't go to the temple today. We've got to do laundry or go to the, the bakery. We've got to do all these things, Simeon. What are you thinking? He said, I, I just got to go to the temple today. I don't know why. I just need to go to the temple. Simeon gets there and he's, he's mulling around doing who knows what. And then all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph walk in and it strikes him. I can't imagine being Simeon on that day, right? Like what excitement must have flooded his soul as he, as he looked through the halls of the temple and he saw this young couple, disheveled, tired, um, weary from, from journeys that we don't even know the full extent of, and yet here's this old man staring them down when they walk in. First off, it's a little creepy, right? And as you get into the rest of the, the story, as he takes the baby from their arms and start, starts saying these things, I mean, what do you say when you see a baby? Yeah, what else do you say? I think it looks just like, look at that hair. Oh, look at the little fingers and toes. That's not at all what Simeon said. He said, this is the Lord's Christ. This is the one who God promised. And do you think this gave confidence to Mary and Joseph? Because what had God previously told them through the angels? That you will have a son and you shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. And this, this, this son, Mary, that you're giving birth to is unlike any other son. How much of that do you think she struggled with from the time she received the word of the angel until this point? Anybody ever, ever struggle with things in your mind, second-guessing? Was that really a message from the angel? How many times do you think Joseph struggled thinking, is this really a child from God, right? Like, of, what, are the, what are the chances? And yet, when they met Simeon in this place, a man who was following the Spirit, um, it only confirmed the truths that God had already revealed to them in their hearts and in their minds. And there, there's a significant idea here that Simeon was so selfless that when the Spirit said go, he went. And that's something we see all through, especially the book of Acts. As the Spirit led, people followed as the Spirit led. Uh, people went to this place and that place. And as we think about the Spirit, we, we know that He is God. It, it's, he's not the third part of the Trinity that's the weird cousin, right, that nobody wants to be around. He is God in spirit form, and he's, he's just as much God as God the Father is and as God the Son is. They're co-equal, though they have different roles, they're co-equal, all being God. We understand that He was active in creation. He was influential in seeing uh, the, the purposes of God accomplished in Christ down the road, but he was also influential in bringing understanding to the key players in the Christmas story. He, he was working in all of those things um, to bring about God's eternal plan. As we said, we know in the Old Testament times he would rest 
upon individuals to bring about God's purposes. And here again, uh, we see that Simeon was one who got to experience that as he was a part of the unveiling of the person of Christ. And though many in that day probably didn't know who Simeon was, and they probably didn't hear the words that Simeon said. The words that he spoke in that moment gave Joseph and Mary great confidence to move forward in raising their son in the way that God desired for him to be raised. It was, it was a confident reassurance to them that what God had told them is true. And so I would ask us tonight, um, where, are, where are we following the Spirit? And where are we neglecting to follow the Spirit? Have you ever had the Spirit tell you to do something and you just disobeyed? I think we all have. We don't like to talk about those things. But as we look at a man like Simeon who followed the leading of the Spirit, can we agree tonight that it is much more fruitful to be obedient to the Spirit than it is to be disobedient to the Spirit? Simeon was a blessed man. He was a man who got to, to see, in some ways, the fullness of God as he got a revelation from God through the Spirit, and it pointed him to see who? Christ. And isn't that really how salvation operates in every one of our lives? That God works through the Spirit to open our eyes to see who? Christ. It, it's an excellent picture of the work, the inner workings of God in salvation in individuals, and that's what we see take place here. As time goes on in the New Testament, we see that Christ references the idea of the Spirit, and the Spirit has always worked in, con in consistency with what Jesus reveals about him in John chapter 16. In John 16, verses 7 through 13, the Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of the world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit he, the spirit of truth, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into, who knows the next two words? All truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And as Simeon was guided by the Spirit in Luke chapter 2, what has Jesus promised us? That the Spirit will guide you into what? All truth. All truth. He'll, he'll guide you in the direction that God desires for you to go. And so in Simeon, we see a man who was standing on a promise. But secondly, we see a man who was following the Spirit. And we will never fully stand on the promises until we fully rely on the Spirit. And Simeon's life is a testimony to that. Any thoughts on verse 27? Yes.
Yeah, that's great. Good testimony. Somebody else? Any thoughts on verse 27 before we move along? Justin? Yeah. Yeah, I would say if that's why they were going, then it would have been a temple worker that would have done that. Probably not Simeon. I mean, we don't, we don't know of any position that he held, but certainly they were going for the purification, right? They were going to fulfill the requirements of the Old Testament law um, to follow God's commands then. And so it, it is interesting that in order for Simeon to see the Lord's Christ, he had to be obedient to the Spirit. But in order for Simeon to see the Lord's Christ, who else had to be obedient to God's Word? Mary and Joseph did. The two went hand in hand, and I think that's, that's honestly how our, our lives work a lot of the time. It's, we will see God's fulfillment of promises in our lives as we're obedient, but as the body of Christ is obedient, we see it on a much grander scale, right? We see things that if it was just up to us, we wouldn't see them, but when we work, in, in, uh, uh, when we work together in, in obedience, I think God reveals greater things to us. So, Good thoughts, Justin. Anybody else? Dave? I just piggybacking on that just a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that this is the way that, that God operates necessarily, but it's not impossible that God could have set those Levitical laws at the time because that was the day that Simeon was going to be there. <laughs> it was going to be eight days later. And say, hey, let's make sure that you have to go to the temple. Everyone's wondering, why in the world do we have to do this? Yeah. But God could. God could have written everything backwards based yeah. on just what just <laughs> make this thing happen. Yeah. And that, that again just speaks to the knowledge of God, right? The the wisdom of God that is beyond our understanding. Um, and I th- I think if we really sat and mapped out our lives, we would see the working of God in our circumstances much more than we really do. We're we're very quick to say, glad that worked out, right? wow, what a relief that turned out the way that it did. And all the while, there's a God in heaven who's saying, well, you know, <laughs> I may have had a thing or two to do with that, right? But we like the idea of coincidence. We also like the idea of thinking things work out because of who we are. And all the while, God is saying, it's, it's not you, it's me. I'm the one who's, who's pulling the strings, so to think, right? I'm the one who's calling the shots and all of creation is at his, his control. He is Jehovah God, right? The, the Lord who has all things at his disposal, um, and he's able to do whatever he wants to do. So I like both of those thoughts. Somebody else? Yes, Annie. Yeah.
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not going around saying what? Jesus is here, right? Our son is the savior of the world. They didn't do that. They raised him as a normal boy, and yet God used other people to proclaim the truth about who their son is, right? It's like the bumper stickers you see on cars, my kid's an honor student. They would have had the bumper sticker that said, my kid's the savior of the world. When most people see those bumper stickers, my kid's an honor student, it's like, well, there's another bumper sticker that says, well, my kid can beat up your honor student, right? Um, and so they weren't bringing attention to themselves, but God was bringing the appropriate attention at the right time to make his son known in the way that he wanted him to be known. And that's, you fast forward into the Gospels, and how many times did Jesus say, don't tell anybody what I just did? Why? Because it wasn't his time. God, God would reveal that in God's way for God's purposes, and ultimately, as Simeon points out here, for the salvation of the world. And so if they start broadcasting this idea that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the Christ, well, how many people do you think are going to have it out for baby Jesus? A whole lot of people, um, and from a very young age, and yet God's plan was for him to become a full-grown man and have a full-blown ministry before he went to the cross so that in his life, he stands as our representative of a second Adam who lived in perfection so that he could do what? Die in our place um, in perfection. So it all, all ties together very well. Anybody else? Dave. all over the place. Yeah. Anybody else? Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. It is very interesting. He He'd already been, been proclaimed the Messiah in that very place, right? Um, but as, as it was in his later years, if they had heard it in his younger years, they wouldn't have believed it then either. All right, we've got to move on. Verses 28 through 32, uh, the, the next thing we see is he was praising the one who was worthy. Verses 28 says this, Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And as we look at this, this next section of verses, in all of this, Simeon was not the focus of his praise. Have you ever heard somebody give a testimony and it's more about them than it is about the God that they're trying to praise or acting like they're praising? Simeon's testimony wasn't about him. It was, a, it was completely about God. Um, I, I love all these verses. I, I love, and we, we talked about this already, but I love the fact that he ran up to them 
and just grab the baby. Like, right? He did, we're not told that he asked to hold the baby or like even looked at the baby for any amount of time. He, he just like took the baby from them. I think that's how I look sometimes when a new baby comes into church. You start grabbing babies. There was this one baby in Wales in the church. I had a hard time not asking if I could hold that baby. But I refrained myself because the mother seemed very protective. And I didn't want to be that annoying American coming in and just taking over. But Simeon didn't care, right? As he saw this baby, he ran up to that, them and he, he grabbed the baby. First, he, he, I'm sorry, verse 28, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. Now, this would have been probably very strange for Mary and Joseph, right? This, this stranger, maybe they knew Simeon, maybe they didn't know Simeon. This stranger takes their baby and he, they just start, he just starts praising God, like, okay, like, are you just excited that you saw a baby? What's, what's going on here? And then it gets even stranger, right? He says, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Like, this doesn't make sense to Mary and Joseph. There's two ways that this can be understood. The first is the way that we've already talked about it. The Simeon basically says, now I'm ready to die. But the, the language that's used also illustrates um, a servant who had been put on a watch. And when the fulfillment of that watch was over, that servant could go in peace knowing that he had done his job. I think they're both pretty powerful. And when you put them together, I think we do get this understanding that Simeon is saying, God, the, the job that you had me to do on earth has been fulfilled. So whether I'm young or old, I'm ready to die because I have fulfilled your purpose for my life. And talk about a, a, a testimony. It's kind of like what Paul says, right? I held nothing back from you. I came in and I preached the gospel to every person that I came in contact with. And basically, he, Paul says, my blood is not on, your blood is not on my hands because I've been obedient to God. And that's what Simeon is saying here. And in all of it, his, his, his praise flows upward. It doesn't flow to Mary and Joseph. It doesn't flow to himself and his own faithfulness. It flows upward because it, it, it even starts with this idea that he, he blessed the Lord. And then he, he talks about this idea of, of being able to, to go in peace according to thy word. And he says, for mine eyes have seen your salvation. That idea of salvation is, is very much a picture word. It's, it's rescue. I have seen your rescue. God, I have seen the fulfillment of your rescue plan. And who is this rescue plan for? Well, he doesn't start with Israel, does he? And that is hugely significant. Because Simeon was recognizing something that, that honestly even Jewish people today wrestle with and can't understand. They're God's chosen people. They're God's special nation, and they are. But salvation through Christ is for all men. So what does he say, say in verse 31? This salvation that, that he has prepared before the face of all people. And if there's any confusion there, he goes on in verse 32. And he says, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Well, why would the Gentiles need a light? Because they're wandering in darkness. And then he goes on in verse 32 and says, the glory of thy people Israel. This is, this is who all of Israel had been waiting for. This is who all the prophets were pointing to. This is who all the kings were representative of. This one who had come, the glory of Israel is now present. The salvation of the Lord is before us. 
Do you think Simeon was just a teeny bit excited? Have you ever met somebody that could not contain themselves, contain themselves with excitement? You think about a kid, even on Christmas morning. We make our kids suffer. They come downstairs and we always read the Christmas story before we open any presents. And you can see it on their faces. Torment. And I'll do it until they're all out of my house. Why? Because we want to keep Christmas focused on the, on the right thing. But it's fun in some ways to see that excitement building up inside of them, right? Like anticipation, anticipation until you say, okay, go get your present. This was that moment for Simeon. God said, Simeon, the present is here. And what does Simeon say? I've seen the Lord's Christ. God, your salvation has been fulfilled in front of my eyes. And though Simeon didn't live likely to see the death of Christ, he saw in this moment the one who would die. And he believed every word of God and every promise of God would be fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Any thoughts on verses 28 through 32? I want to talk to Simeon when I get to heaven. I, I think that would be a fun conversation. Um, but any thoughts from you? Just all captivated by Simeon's testimony, huh? If not, we'll move on. Because the last thing is, is a hard thing. And while he was excited to see the Lord's Christ and recognize that salvation had come, it didn't keep him from sharing a word of prophecy to Mary that would prepare her for what was ahead of her. Parenting is hard, right? We all get that to some degree. We understand like raising kids in any day and age has been difficult. Why? Because kids are kids. They're stubborn. They're easily influenced. They're selfish. Yeah, that's on a good day. <laughs> but can you imagine being responsible to, to raise Jesus, the Savior of the world? And in verses 33 through 35, text continues. The Bible says, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Now, was this new information for Mary and Joseph? It wasn't. All these things had been revealed to them previously. If they connected the dots to the prophecies that they would have heard as children, to the word that the angel had given each of them separately, to the idea of, of Mary's interaction with Elizabeth and with John the Baptist in the womb of the mother, they understood there was something significant about this child. But when they heard them from Simeon, the Bible says they marveled. They were taken back. They were blown away because, again, they were reminded of who this child was would be. And so Mary and Joseph are marveling. Their, their jaw is dropped at this moment as Simeon spoke. The Bible says, and Simeon blessed them, which, which is extremely kind of Simeon to do. He doesn't praise them or set them up on a pedestal, but he speaks God's favor over their lives, recognizing that they had been chosen to raise the, the very Son of God who had become flesh to be the Savior of the world. And then he speaks and says, Unto Mary his mother. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. This idea of the rising and the fall of many in Israel could be talking about two things. It could be talking about 
two groups of people, some who rise and some who fall, or it could be talking about one group of people wherein first they fall and then they rise. And I think there's, there, without having full understanding of what Simeon is saying, I think both are, are plausible, but what is it showing us either way? That Christ is going to be polarizing, that the impact that he has in the world is going to be noticed. And, and as we've made our way through Mark, isn't that what we've seen? That there are those who flock to him and there are those who want to kill him. There are those who see Christ as a stumbling block that they trip over. And there are those who see Christ as the hope of all the nations. And so Christ's, or Simeon's word of prophecy here to Mary is calling her to understand the significance of this child that, that she just gave birth to. That he was more than a mere man. He was more than any other person that had ever lived. He was God, and he would have a polarizing impact on the world as people either clung to him and believed that he was indeed salvation, or as they looked at him with disdain, thinking that he was a false teacher. It goes on to say that he was a, given as a sign which shall be spoken against. Now, how many of us like it when our kids are spoken negatively about? Any mama bears in the room? right? I guarantee you Mary was a mama bear towards Jesus. You think she wanted to protect him? Do you think she wanted to nurture him and, and guard him from all the evil that was around him? Certainly she would have desired to do that, but what does Simeon say? Mary, regardless of how hard you try, he's a sign that will be spoken against. He was a, a sign that would be ridiculed. One author put it this way, that he's going to walk around with a target on his back. People would despise him. And you need to understand this moving forward, Mary, that, that this life is going to be very difficult. And he goes on in verse 35 and says, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. When did that take place? As she saw her child suspended between heaven and earth as she saw a, a sword or a spear pierce his side, where do you think that spear went in her mind? Right through her heart. As she saw her son give up his life. And then he closes with these words, and the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. Jesus makes all things known, doesn't he? Even the things we hide, he makes all things known. And so as Simeon, in verses 28 through 32 gave a word of praise to God. Here he spoke a very hard word, and it was needed in order to prepare Mary and Joseph for what would come down the road. And so while we don't know much about Simeon, what we do know is he was a faithful man. He was a just man. He was a devout man. He was a man who believed the promises of God. He was a man who praised God appropriately. And he was a man who spoke difficult truth when it needed to be spoken. Now let's be honest. Is there difficult truth that needs to be spoken in our world today certainly is and you know what it's not it's not political it's not social it's spiritual that there is one way to be saved and his name is jesus and of all the things we can speak i wonder how often we neglect the hard truth probably would have been much more enjoyable for Simeon in this moment to have ended 
as he blessed Mary and Joseph. But God had a purpose. God had a purpose for Simeon being there on that day. And while we look at it, we understand it was, it was to recognize in a broader way the reality of who Christ was. But on that day, it was to comfort and console and encourage a young couple with a brand new baby to say that your son is the Savior of the world. God will go to great lengths to accomplish his will. And as he worked through Mary and Joseph to bring the Savior into the world, we understand that he worked in this scenario to give comfort to those who needed comfort. As they didn't know what the future held in its fullness, Simeon gave them a little bit of clarity that probably caused them to live with great conviction as they move forward in their days, understanding that their son was someone special. What a Christmas that was. Any thoughts as we close? All right, now that you guys know everything for next Sunday, you still have to come because it might change, but probably not. Let's close in a word of prayer and uh, we'll make sure you go see the kids downstairs because they look hideous. And Austin has this life-size gingerbread man outfit on. He, is, he just looks spectacular down there. But let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the, the life of Simeon for the testimony that he had, God, to, to wait faithfully on your promises until he saw them fulfilled. And God, in reality, that's what you've called each of us as your children to do, to wait on your promises until we see them fulfilled. I'm sure Simeon had hard days where he desired to do something different, where he was discouraged because the promise had not been seen yet, where he wondered if the Holy Spirit had even spoken to him but he pressed on. And today we're reaping the benefit of that as we see him proclaim Christ as the Savior. God, I pray that we would follow his testimony, that we would walk in his steps, that we would wait faithfully until you call us home, whether that's through death or whether it's through Christ coming again. God, may we wait with great joy in our hearts, giving praise to the one who deserves it. Be with us now as we go home. God, keep us safe in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray, amen.